just from that, I'll tell you one instance where God was at work. Um, there was a little town called Rivera that I visited last time, and there were just a few of us that went there. A very small town, I think the population is 60 people, and most of them are, are very old. Um, the young people are, are leaving that area because it's, it's kind of isolated. Um, but I had met a lady that was just, she just kind of put her arm around me and wanted to be my friend last time, and she took me in her house and showed me her guinea pigs that she had planned to eat. And she even let me hold one. Uh, she showed me where she cooked, and, and she was real cute. So I wanted to see her again, and also the nurse that we had worked with in the health clinic. Um, and the, the, the neat thing about going back three months after I'd been there was that it was still fresh on my mind, the faces. I didn't remember the names, but the faces. And I would see people and recognize them, and they would recognize me from being at the health clinic. So we were able to make the connection and say, you know, I was just here, but we wanted to see you one more time before the rainy season and um, just let you know that we're going to continue to come. You know, it wasn't a one-time thing. We're going to continue to come and visit you and help um, do things for you, help meet some of your needs and um, bring the gospel. And so when we went to Rivera, um, Todd and one of the interpreters and I, um, we met Rosa, the lady with the guinea pigs. She was the first one there. She was the only person that I saw on the streets. Um, so we went to the health clinic then, and it was closed for lunch from 1 to 3, and this was about 2 o'clock, and we only had about 20 minutes in this town because we had to be someplace else um, for an appointment. So um, we looked at the sign on the, the door of the health clinic, and said, well, I guess we're not going to get to see the nurse. So we started walking down the street, and Todd said, let's just stop right here and let's pray for her and the people that live in this area. So we stopped and we prayed for them. Um, and right after Todd said amen, Jeanette, the nurse, walked around the corner. And I just said, that's her, that's her. And it was an hour before she was supposed to be back. And um, you know, that was just one more instance of God's providence. Um, I didn't see a whole lot of other people in that town that day, but I saw the two people that I wanted to see that I had made relationships with before that, that I wanted to, to visit. Um, and one other instance that I want to share with you, and it's got some, well, it's kind of funny and it's kind of not funny. We were Todd and and uh, an interpreter and I, um, and Vertrees and his interpreter went to a little town. Our, our team ended up being 10 with our inter um, interpreters and our missionary. So we split up five and five, and um, that way we could cover more territory in less time. So the second day, we went to a town called Pacaraus, and um, just we visited the schools and the health center and um, tried to find a man that previously when we were there had said that he was a Christian, he was a believer. And so we wanted to talk to him some more and um, find out if, if he was really a believer or if he um, was belie believed something else from what we believe. So um, we did find him, he walked out. We had asked people if they knew him and they said yes and it wasn't 30 seconds later, he came walking down the street. So we talked to him and made an appointment to meet him later to do a Bible study with him. Um, in the meantime, we learned that there was a funeral that day, that one of their residents had died, and he was 99 years old. So this is, an, uh, this is a small town. All the communities are fairly small and tight. You know, the people are very tight. So most of the people in the community were going to go to this funeral. And um, so, you know, we didn't think a whole lot about it. But at lunchtime, we parked our truck outside of a church, and we fixed our sandwiches, and we were eating. And right at the end of that time, we heard the band start playing. They had probably a 10-piece brass band and drums. And they, they uh, are in the beginning of the procession, the funeral procession. 
and they play their music and then the peop the mourners follow and then the casket and then the, the flower truck. So we saw them go around and make the square, um, come around the plaza and then come toward us. So we moved our truck so we wouldn't the truck wouldn't be in the way. Um, but while we were there, the, the funeral, the, the people went on inside the church to have the blessing of the body. And um, at that time, a group of men gathered and started talking to us and asking about um, the Bible. And we, were, we had some scripture, and we had some Bibles for them, and so we started giving them out, and, and everybody wanted one. Um, Todd answered questions from one man specifically. He was the spokesman, and he asked all kinds of questions. But um, that was another opportunity. God used a funeral to bring a large number of people together for us to meet. Um, you know, we probably were able to, to connect with 50 or 60 people that day that um, otherwise it would have been a door-to-door -door thing, and we, we wouldn't have seen that many. Um, so after the funeral was, was over and the, we, we left there, we went to find the man to do Bible study with him and found out that he had gone to the home of the man who died um, to have lunch. So Todd and our interpreter named Carlos and I said, well, we'll go see if we can find him and see if he still is interested in talking to us or if he wants us to come back tomorrow or what the deal is. So we went to the home and the, he, they found him. He came to the door, but it was raining by then and he said, just come on in, just come on in. So we went in the door, and the family greeted us. The, grand, two, the two granddaughters of the man who died greeted us. Said, come on in. You must eat with us. Well, our interpreter said, we must eat with them. If we say no, it's very offensive to them. And I said, oh, I'm really not hungry. And they said, no, we must eat with them. So we went in and we sat in a room and they, there were chairs all the way around the wall and everyone was full. Every chair was full with you know the, the village people. And they, they watched us very closely. So first they brought us in bowls of soup. And so I looked at this soup and I didn't recognize anything in the bowl. Um, but something that looked kind of like hominy. So I thought, okay, I, I, that looks safe to eat. Well, I ate a, ate a few bites, and the lady next to me said to the interpreter, ask her if she likes the soup. And I said, well, and so he asked me, I said, well, it's okay. And she said, it's lamb's head soup. <laughs> and I looked back in the bowl, and I thought, well, yeah, that looks like parts of the head of the lamb that are floating in my bowl. So after that, I, did, I didn't eat anymore. But then they brought the next course in that was beef and rice on a plate and that was identifiable. So I ate a little bit of that, and then, rather than tr throw it away, um, we asked for to-go boxes <laughs> and took it with us so that they wouldn't be offended if we didn't eat it all. Um, but that was a very interesting thing. The last time I was in, in Peru and, and went to Rivera, we were invited to eat, a few of us, and it was great. They had cheese, homemade cheese, and this popcorn stuff, and it was really good, but this was quite a different experience. But just remember, if you go to Peru, you may be invited to eat with somebody, and you have to be very brave and do that. Um, but I'll let the next person talk, and it was just, it was a wonderful week, and so many things happened that just blew me away. Um, so, next person can tell another story. First of all, I want to give praise to God tonight that I did not have to eat that soup. <laughs> I was not in that group, and I praise the Lord, because they may have been offended. May have been a fan. And, and one more thing. Where's Scott? I lobbied hard for you, buddy. I mean, I, I lobbied hard for you to get to preach this morning. I just want you to know that. And, and Bill kept saying, oh, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. But I did, I did lobby for you. And uh, what I want to talk about tonight is, is a little bit different. It doesn't have to, so much to do with the events of the trip, but just what struck me through Scripture and uh, 
what we know to be true through the word and uh, I just praise God I, I did make some lifelong friends if, if I don't ever see Raul and Carlos and Avero, uh, Javier again the, the, those guys are just great guys godly guys and uh, I, I thought that was pretty cool this is the first trip I, I've ever been out, outside the country and, and I'm a country boy so I stuck out pretty bad I'm sure but uh, when, we, when we got there immediately you could tell that the spirit of God was working immediately the, f the first town we went to and and I thought that's pretty cool what I want to talk to you about is some things that struck me most was the poverty of these people uh, particularly and not even where we went but particularly when we landed in Lima and I started seeing the poverty of these people is unbelievable it is unbelievable it's unimaginable I mean, I've seen pictures uh, we've had slideshows here but it's just unimaginable to what these people how they live and and, and the culture was very different very different. I couldn't understand anything they said, <laughs> and they could, they couldn't understand anything I said either. So <laughs> I was teaching them Southern draw. I was trying to teach them how to straight strawberry and things like that. You know, they they was that, even the interpreters were having a hard time with that. <laughs> but the, I, another thing I learned: these people in the valley are very superstitious people. Very superstitious. Everywhere you went was little shrines to the Virgin Mary uh, on every corner, and then there were some big shrines, and then they had the statue. With, the Jesus was that the protector of the valley was it the name shepherd of the valley very superstitious people and uh, that that really struck me when I saw that uh, and when you think about the poverty we could try to fix the poverty we could go in there and give glasses like we did we could give money we could give food and and we should but that's not something that's going to matter for eternity uh, Mark Huffman last time when the, when the medical team went he made a, a, a statement that he gave this lady a pair of glasses but she was without Christ and that, that's things that strike me and I'm still trying to take the trip in it's just osmosing through me it, it, it's really hard to take all of it in but our goal here is not to change their culture uh, I think sometimes we try to change people to be Americans our, our goal is not to change people into Americans because that has no eternal value whatsoever to be an American uh, what matters for eternity what these people believe about God and they have a skewed view of God because they've not been taught they've had uh, people who have taken advantage of them they've had people that's not taught them the word and and this morning uh, I wrote this down while Bill was preaching he talked about Israel having the truth of the gospel and how they hoarded it up and didn't tell the other nations well uh, tonight when we sit here at Grace we've got the truth of the gospel more so than Israel did and it's we shouldn't hoard it up we should be should be spreading it around. We need to be giving the truth of the gospel to these people and, and, and people that you work with too, not just people in Peru. But I believe God is calling us here as a, as a body of believers to minister to these people. Uh, I've, ne I've never seen the hand of God move this way. And like I said, I'm still osmosing it, and I'm not going to take anybody's thunder. Uh, it, it was just pretty, pretty cool how it worked out. But it, it's going to cost us something to do this. It's not going to be something that's going to be free it's going to cost us uh, money it's going to cost time it's going to cost relationships it's, it's going to cost a lot of things uh, it's going to cost comfort because i got to tell you it's not a comfortable place to be it's it's not a it's not a really nice place to go stay all night you i promise you i've used the bathroom in places i'd never use it here okay <laughs> ain't no way ain't no way i slept in beds that i would not sleep in here and if my wife seen where I slept, she'd probably make me burn all my clothes. So, <laughs> but but tonight I just want to say is I want to I just want to challenge everybody here, and uh, this is this made a, a huge impact on my life. I believe God has been dealing with me on, on this situation since about last last June. But we need I want to personally make adjustments in my life to minister to these people, and not just these people, but the people around us. And it's gonna it's gonna take some adjustments. We can't live like we've always lived, or I can. Some people can, that's good, but I, I can't. It, it's, it's eternity at stake. But Christ gives us a command to follow me. He says, follow me. And I think he's given us a command as a church to follow him to Peru. And uh, I just want to be part of a congregation, and I want to follow Christ and, uh, and be obedient to him. He says, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me and he who does not follow uh, take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me 
He who has found his life shall lose it, and he who has lost his life shall find it. I think that's, that's pretty important. But the name change is I found out something. They don't have a W in Spanish. So I had to get a prescription called in at Miami, and the woman couldn't fill the prescription because she didn't know what JW was. She spoke Spanish. So I had to change my name to Jesse. So. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for praying for us, uh, especially the young people. A lot of them told me that uh, they were going to be praying for me, and I, we really appreciate that. Uh, I want to thank Shirley for, uh, you know, Bob the Builder, and he says, yes, we can. Well, she kept saying, yes, you can, and so I appreciate her uh, encouragement. Uh, of course, I was a senior citizen on this trip, so I had age advantage on them. But <laughs> Sometimes that's a disadvantage. But uh, God has made uh, really a beautiful world, and one of those places is Peru, uh, where we were in the mountains, and you stand out there and you can look straight up, and if you're driving on the road, you look straight down and, and uh, holler every now and then. <laughs> but it, uh, it, it's, it's extremely beautiful. Of course, the amazing thing, uh, how Christians uh, have so much likeness you know, everywhere you go, uh, that spirit, he uh, makes that relation contact uh, with you with the other person. And uh, it's like Carlos, uh, uh, the, one of the interpreters, he had a daily devotional that I used last year. And uh, it's a, a book by Adrian Rogers. And uh, so he he, had re he really liked that. Uh, uh, Roel, is that what? I'm not very good in Spanish, and so I will call the names. You have six speakers tonight, and you'll have six versions. So, so anyway, uh, you choose all of us. But Roy Ellis was one of the interpreters, and I had a book that was on uh, sharing Jesus without fear, and uh, he fell in love with that. They like to read uh, books and so forth, and so uh, uh, he, he, he liked that book and I said well I can get another one of those very easily so I just let him have it and, and so I hope that uh, that he, he'll use it uh, one of the, uh, the more enjoyable parts of the trip uh, for me was uh, the door to door uh, uh, prayer walk uh, street witnessing uh, with my interpreter just you know hitting the streets and and talk to people, giving them Bibles and so forth. And uh, uh, of course, uh, seemed like each city that you went into had a bull ring. But uh, of course, what happens in Peru stays in Peru, and we won't go there tonight. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, we'll be Todd. Uh, but it, it, it's uh, why is it hard to find uh, uh, believers? We were searching for uh, for believers. Uh, you know, they have the cross, so we went uh, to eat on Friday night, and way out in the distance there at the ocean was a, a lighted cross, very beautiful cross. Uh, we visited one city, or little township, or whatever, and way up on top of the mountain was a cross. Uh, you barely could see it, but, but they, got, they got the crosses, you know, everywhere, it seems like. Uh, but they don't know the true meaning of the cross. Uh, they've got the Christmas tree, the, the the star and everything on the cross, I mean on the Christmas tree. They drive down the street, you see the beautiful Christmas trees that are all decorated and lighted and all those things. Uh, but they use Christmas uh, for exchanging gifts uh, for one another. And if I understood my, one of the interpreters, they meet at, at 12 o'clock on uh, uh, Christmas Eve night to exchange the, their family gifts, their personal family. So uh, they, they use it for, uh, for uh, decorations, of course, and for partying and, and, and for occasion to drink. And so uh, perhaps, uh, you know, to keep the evil spirits away, as Jesse said. Or, but it's false beliefs. They got the cross, but they don't have the meaning of the cross in them. Uh, Perhaps they've never been taught the birth of Jesus, uh, you know, or the truth of the burial, the death, burial, and resurrection uh, of Jesus. 
So right now we're uh, we're in the field there. Uh, this is my first trip, but the fields are being prepared more or less, uh, and the, some planning is being done as we place Bibles and we talk to them about you know the true meaning of the cross and so forth. Uh, but the harvest time will come. But uh, you know it's a thing of us of of whether we'll be faithful, you know, to continue to to plant uh, and uh, prepare the soil and and then do the harvest. Of course, we did have a few challenges along the way, as uh, uh, Jesse said, that, uh, you know, no running water, and so you carry the water in the bucket and, and all those things. Uh, we, uh, of course, the road travel is not uh, the southern bypass or the northern bypass, either one, uh, that you, you do on the, those mountainsides, or, you know, dealing with luggage claims, uh, in the airports and so forth. Uh, those were challenges, but opportunities. But you know, God led us all the way. And so we praise Him and we thank Him and you too. The most um, important thing that I would like to convey back to you is a, is a grateful heart <coughs> and to thank you for your prayers particularly preparatory prayers before we ever set set foot in in Peru um, and I would just like to share with you some specific instances where we knew that that the prayers had brought this about the uh, dancing that you saw the reason why Todd and I weren't dancing is because we weren't there and uh, uh, we were actually um, looking for, for a young man. We were trying to find him, and we were walking the streets and talking to people, and we came up on the, the festival that was occurring in the, in the, um, the bull ring. And uh, we, we did join in and, and with the people, but the dancing was over by the time. We, we just got to film a little, little bit of it. But, um, but the fact that we, that was the first afternoon. We had just, this was Tuesday. We had just gotten there. And we had pulled up to, I, I refuse to call it a hotel, but the building where we slept. But um, anyway, we had pulled in there. We didn't even unpack the cars. We thought, we've got a little bit of time. Maybe before dark, we can visit one, one village. And so we went to the village. Well, God had already gathered the people together in the village. So we didn't visit with just one or two as, as, we, as we could find them. We had the village to, vi to visit with. And... Um, <coughs> Then on the next day, um, uh, Jesse and I were scheduled to go to a school and assess <clears throat> the needs there. And so, you know, neither of us had been to Peru. We hadn't been on, on a mission trip, either one. But, you know, you, know you, just, you just take it and you go with it. And so we went up to the school, and, and through the interpreter, we asked to speak to the principal. And um, he was one of the gentlemen in the, in the photographs that you saw. And he um, invited us to come on into his office, and he had, had, it, God had already set up a meeting between all the teachers with the principal at the, just the exact time that we happened to walk up to the school uh, to, to, to visit with them. And so all the teachers were there with the principal for this meeting, so the teachers of each of the specific grades could tell us what the needs were that, the, that we might could help meet and, um, and things. And of course, we did have some supplies limited number of supplies we could give them at the time and all the children that were lined up in rows were at the school that Jesse and I visited and um, they they called them out into formation to to thank us for for the the items that we had brought and to to, to meet the Americanos who had come and um, so once again God had already gathered the people together we didn't have to, to to go about and hunt out the people he had already you know, group those teachers and, and, and uh, the principal together. Um, we were looking for a young man named Gerson Luis. And this, this young man evidently got around, or, or everybody thought they knew him, and they would say, oh, yes, he's over there. And so we'd go over there. And then we'd go over there, and that's where Todd and I were hunting him. And, and then they said, oh, he's down at the bull ring. You know, he's, he's with the festival. So we went down there. He wasn't even in that town. But, uh, <laughs> but that, that's okay, because, because in, in our search for Gerson, 
we, we met many other people and had tremendous experiences in, in finding him. We did find Gerzon. Um, we needed one eye measurement for a pair of glasses that Mark is preparing. He has uh, different vision in both eyes, and so Mark was not able to give him any of the glasses that they had taken on the medical trip. And he's preparing a special pair for Gerzon, but he needed uh, the pupil distance. Um, and so that's why we had to search out this young man to find him. So um, we went to the school to uh, one of the nurses from the, from the uh, clinic went with us with the interpreter and things. And we went up to the school. Um, unfortunately, the school was at the top of many steps. And at high altitude, your endurance level is, is, is limited. And with some asthma, mine was even further limited. So it was a challenge to get those steps. But they brought Garzon out, and we, we measured his eyes. And um, he went back in, and we were talking with the nurse, and we were, we were talking there still out kind of in front of the school. And all of a sudden, here comes Garzon again with all these other students. They all wanted their eyes measured, you know. <laughs> and so, and, uh, <coughs> and, and things. And so they, they, they said they, they needed help reading. So we, we said, well, if possible, we will try to come back with some reading glasses. But, but we made no promises, because you have to be very careful. We don't want to lose their trust. So we said, you know, if we can, we'll come back. And so we thought we had left the satellite phone back at the building where we slept. And uh, so we, were, we decided, well, let's go on back there, and, and we can get the, the satellite phone. And if the other team hasn't taken the bag of reading glasses, then, then we'll bring them back up here and see if, if, if indeed we can help some of these children out. Well, actually, we had the satellite phone. But God sent us back, and we got those glasses. and. Um, and, and we brought them, went back up all those steps again, and uh, slower the second time. And, uh, and, we, and we went in and we sat up in one of the classrooms and, and the, the students came forward and we, we would get them to read from the Bible. We, we said, well, we need you to read first and see how it is reading without glasses. And so we gave them the scriptures. So each of them got a little bit of the scriptures read. Um, and so they, they read, and then we would give them, you know, like the, the lowest reading glasses and, and things. And some of them we had to go up several, but their, their better um, reading was done with, with a higher um, uh, percentage of, of, of glasses. And the teachers, we helped several of the teachers and things. So we were able to, to, to minister in that way. And um, um, Bill caught up with us while we were at the school, and he was in there talking with the students. and. Um, I can't remember exactly. I believe they said, tell us about the Bible or, or, or tell us about Jesus, you know, things. And so, because we had passed out Bibles as well, and so they were hungry. They, God, the, through the preparatory prayers, the hunger for the Word was there. And uh, it's, it's far more than we could have ever generated, you know, just, just upon arrival. And it, and it was already, already created, the hunger was. We hunted Rocio, one of the nurses. Um, from clinic to clinic. We went to the clinic where Rocio, we thought, would be. And they said, oh, no, she's at this other clinic and things. So we went down to that clinic, and Rocio wasn't there. But the doctor, who is over the exact villages that we have adopted, was there. And so we made contact this time with the physician that, that is over these clinics. And, um, <clears throat> and Rocio is probably leaving um, the, the River Valley um, to, to assume a new post, uh, quite a um, a, a, a real um, good position for her. And so it was tremendous that we met the physician now. So when we go back after the rainy season, Rocio wouldn't even have been there for us to find, but the doctor will be. And so we made that contact. And so again, God just led us to the people we needed to, to be. <clears throat> in the layover that we had in Miami, which could be seen as wasted time, um, Jesse had developed an eye infection just dramatically and it was it was an angry eye he had and he was in quite a lot of pain and so we called him Mark called in a prescription and so we went on a very circuitous route to the to the CVS pharmacy um, and um, it took a long time because they couldn't one to get up there and then for JW to convince him his name was JW that's before he's Jesse but anyway <coughs> and um and and Vertrees used that time he 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 got out into the cab driver, he gave him a Bible, and he witnessed almost that whole time uh, to the cab driver while, while Jesse was in there trying to get his eye prescription. That was not a wasted time either. Um, even 
when I was packing to go on the trip, eight years ago, I had had an acute episode of vertigo uh, that lasted many months. <clears throat> and um, meclizine, or antivert, was my lifesaver during that time. And as I was packing, I just, some just, I just thought, you know, I'm just going to take a little medicine packet of this. You never know. I mean, if you've ever had that vertigo, it's just the fear of it ever coming, and you're not being able to treat it. It's tremendous. So I went with a little baggie, little medicine baggie of, of that. Well, the first day we're out, the missionary Jim was in our car, <clears throat> and um, he and I, we were sitting together in the, in the second seat of the four by four. And he said, um, boy, I'm having some trouble. I, I've never had it before in my life, but I, I'm having some vertigo. And he said, and I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, it's really limiting my ability. And, I, and so I had this baggie of medicine that I said, until you can get to a doctor, this will take, this will. And, and so God, the preparatory prayers, I just cannot overemphasize how much they meant on this trip and how much they opened the way. Um, just a, a quick thing, Jesse, talking about uh, his southern, he was, you know, country boy teaching the, the uh, interpreters some Southern. <clears throat> well, it was real cute. We, we came out of the, the, um, the shopping center. We were picking up some things that we needed. And Jesse had been sitting out there with a couple of inter interpreters. And he had been teaching them Southern slang. And so one of the interpreters said, we have been shotting the bull. <laughs> 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 and uh, <laughs> so Jesse had taught them well how to shot the bull. <laughs> Um, on the mission trip, everything, everything was kind of intensified. <laughs> and uh, it's almost as if God gave us blinders. Um, and, I, and I believe I can speak for the group uh, on this. We, we, we forgot about political issues at home. We forgot about all, all sorts of concerns that, that were our daily concerns here. And we went there, and, and our focus was just on our mission. And um, those were God-given blinders. That, that he gave us. And um, just as in Matthew, uh, the 14th chapter, where um, Christ takes the, the five loaves and the two fishes, and he, um, he looks up to heaven and he blesses them, and then he breaks them and fed over 5,000 people. God took the two and a half days that we had, and, they were, and just like those loaves and fishes, he multiplied the hours and what we could accomplish in two and a half days. It, it is equal a miracle, and, and, and I, would, I would be remiss if I did not give him honor and glory for that. That was a miracle that he did among the, the time that we had. And um, as it tells us in Hebrews, the eighth chapter in verse 34, that Christ, who is at the right hand of God, is indeed interceding for us. And we experienced that intercession, and, um, and y'all were all a part of that. And I just want to thank you, and I, I just cannot encourage you enough that when the next mission trip goes, you know, every ounce of prayer we can give is, is redeemed. Thank you. Now the short speakers are over, and now it's mine and Todd's time. Uh, no, I'll be brief, I think. Uh, everything they would say brought up a memory that I wanted to tell you about. You know, it's... Uh, uh, Mary mentioned in the school went back to give them the glasses and, uh, and again I, I, my focus just wants to be again on how beautiful the providence of God was in this whole thing how every time we turned around we didn't do what we had planned to do we did something more important and better and that strengthened everything we did but we were there handing out those glasses and the, the little girl asked me the question was actually she said have him speak about the Bible and the interpreter said, she wants you to speak about the Bible. And I said, well, what does she want me to say? I mean, what, does she have a question? Because I, I could, that's a pretty broad subject. And uh, so she said, yes, why are there so many different opinions about God and religion? Whoa. So I just went back to the creation and the fall and explained the gospel. And God sending Christ as our redemption. I mean, it was the perfect question and perfect timing for, for that to take place. So that was one of those rejoicing times. Uh, you saw the little lady sitting, reading the Bible, uh, elderly lady, after we'd been at that church service and we gave out, uh, you know, uh, Vertre, was it Vertrice or Mary Lou? Somebody said, went there thinking we'd have to beg them to take Bibles. They were begging us for Bibles. It was just the opposite. 
And um, on one particular, the time we went back down, I had given our interpreter the sat phone, and I said, I won't say which one it was, but I just said to the interpreter, hold on to the sat phone, we're going to need it up on the mountain. And he took it and he kind of put it behind his back in the seat, and it was behind him. And when I got to leave with the sat phone, they said, oh, no, no, it's a sat phone, I have a sat phone in. And so uh, we went back down to get the sat phone, and when we got down there, we climbed out of the car, and there it was. But we got the glasses. We also got to meet a group of people. The, 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 the building we slept in uh, has, also has a room you can eat in. Uh, it's uh, it's kind of hard to call it a restaurant, but that's what it is. And the, the town, this new manager or whatever is, is, that came to know the Lord through uh, Todd and one of the interpreters witnessing to her on, on uh, Thursday night um, has kind of built a clientele, a business at noon. And we got back down there and it was full. And so I, we were getting ready to go back up the hill, and one of the uh, interpreters came out and said, uh, somebody in there wants a Bible. So I went in there, and everybody wanted a Bible. So we gave out Bibles to everybody, and then uh, I said, well, let me tell you why we're here. Let me tell you why we came from Kentucky in the United States to be here. And I just shared with them our passion for being obedient to Christ. We were there because Jesus Christ was our Lord, and we came to minister in his name. One little lady I went over to, I said, would you like a Bible? And she went, how much? And I said, it is gratis. It's free. So she took it. And I explained to them, we're not here to get anything from you. We're here to give and to minister in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the things, and I kind of alluded to it earlier, we, there's a darkness there. The superstition, the perversion of even... Uh, what we would call Catholicism, you know, what Catholicism is, even there's a perversion of Catholicism. Uh, the Incas kind of, when the Spanish came in, the Incas worshipped the sun god and the earth god and our, our mother earth and other things. And so when they came in and the Spanish came in, they just said, oh, okay, the sun god, that's the father, uh, the mother earth, that's the mother. And, and uh, you know, they just put all this stuff together, just took their Inca false, uh, Inca, uh, uh, animism and brought it into and wedded it with Catholicism. So even that is a very strange distortion of any biblical truth whatsoever. But we, we didn't think there was anything there like a, and I, when I was meeting to do discipleship with uh, Danilo and, and uh, Miguel uh, they said well there's this group that meets, uh, they first said a group of women that meets on Tuesday and Thursday afternoons. And uh, then they said well uh, uh, it's a mixed group. There are some men and some children, too. And I said, okay, well, that's good. So we asked them, would you set it up for us to come and meet these people, on th us come to their Bible study on Thursday afternoon? And they said, oh, yeah, we'll set it up, no problem. Well, when I was after, we were down at the hotel, place we slept, whatever, and um, we, uh, three ladies walked outside, and, and one of the interpreters came in and said, some people want to see you outside. So I went outside, and they said, we, uh, we're a part of a church up in uh, uh, Vicha Kocha. We all do say things differently, and I say them differently in the same sentence. But uh, they said that, uh, and they said, we, I said, oh, do you, are you part of the group that meets on Tuesday and Thursday? They said, well, we used to. We don't anymore. Uh, we now meet on Saturday and Sunday. I said, oh, well, we were coming back up Thursday afternoon to, to meet with you, and, and I was going to ask you if you'd allow me to do a Bible study. And they said, uh, well, we'll just get everybody together Thursday afternoon, 5 o'clock at the church. They had actually had a building. You saw it there where I was preaching. And uh, it, we had believers there who, as far as we could tell, are evangelical Christians who are not, as one lady told me when we were talking to them in the bull ring uh, at the celebration, the festival, uh, we were, uh, that was Jesse and I were talking to her and she said oh I worship the image and, uh, and they said and the saints and one lady sitting nearby said I worship Jesus Christ and she looked at and through the interpreter said idols <laughs> and pointed to them you know and so I went oh okay alright uh, there is some truth that's there we don't know how it got there but we know the Spirit of God moves in miraculous ways and has gone before us. One of my favorite passages of Scripture is Isaiah chapter 46, verses 9 and 10, 
where Isaiah says, Remember the former things long past, and this is where it really gets good. For I am God, and there is no other. And uh, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things which have not been done, saying, My purpose will be established, and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. That's the providence of God. God will do what God intends to do. And when you're there, you see the majesty of his creation. I, I honestly, as, as I drove up the mountain and we started getting in the valley and the mountain started coming up before us, I thought Jesse only had two words in his vocabulary. Wow! Man! That's all he was saying. He was just in awe. One last thing. I, I could, on, on the Thursday afternoon after the service, Danilo was going to be there and then he had to go to work. He's a night, he's a night watchman over one piece of equipment up at the silver mine, in copper mine. And so he, um, he said, I can't stay. I've got to go home and eat, and then I've got to walk. I've got a 45-minute walk to my job overnight. And I said, well, Dean, no, no, if you'll stay here, I'll take you up there in the truck. And my team, Team Bill, will take you up there. And so uh, he said, okay. So he did. He stayed through the service, and after service, ran by his house. And we uh, got in the truck, and... Uh, we only had a five-passenger truck, and I had, my team was five people. And we had uh, now Danilo, and so Jesse said, well, I'll ride on the back. So I said, okay. So I thought he was going to sit down in the bed of the truck. I looked back in my rearview mirror, and all I see are two thighs in, my, in, the, in the window. He's standing up holding on the roll, uh, roll bar going up the mountain. And, I mean, we're on a road that didn't seem a lot wider than this pulpit. Uh, and so we're making, because we're really on a walking trail, the first part of it. And he's got my camera, and he's just snapping pictures all over the place. And we snapped a, we stopped at a, an old Inca bridge that had been built. And he got a picture of that, and then we went on up. And then coming back down, it was dark. Now, this was the fun part, coming way back down from that silver mine area in the dark, and the fog starts coming in. And we're on this road where, as they said, you look up, and you see the heavens, and you look down, and you already can't see the bottom and we're driving along and we have to stop though at the Inca Bridge in the dark get the flash on and we've got pictures of me and Jesse standing on the Inca Bridge the others in my truck were not about to get out of the truck up there at night but we got out got our picture made and came on but to see I could tell in just dealing with Jesse uh, with uh, Jesse with uh, Danilo the difference in him from the first time you, we and I met him, that there's a life in him, a spiritual life that's growing. Uh, I, I worked, one of my favorite books is Basic Christianity. It had a real impact on my life when I became a believer by John Stott. It's been, pu it's been published in about 63 languages. It's been published in Spanish, but it's out of print in Spanish. And uh, I wanted that so badly to give to Danilo and to Miguel the nurse as I disciple them and wanted to take some other copies along to give to other people and I did everything I could and like three days before we left uh, Dr. Seals who's going to be with us next uh, week uh, to bring the message on Sunday morning found a PDF copy of it and I was able to print it out and bind it and make a copy of Basic Christianity. We took ten copies with us and we gave them to uh, Danilo and Miguel, we gave them to other people that we saw. And, and the last one we had, the last copy we had, Todd gave to the lady who runs the place where we sleep and eat and uh, as she came to know the Lord to read. And uh, we'll take more back as we go. But it's just a joy to see how God brought all this together at just the right time in just the right way for His glory. And one thing that... Uh, Jim said, the missionary, uh, as, as he was with us part of the time, he was, and he, well, he was with us most of the time, and he would say, you know, you can really tell when a church has been praying and is praying for the team. There's a real difference about it. The way is prepared. And uh, so we do thank you for your prayers because you, your prayers went before us and we saw the hand of God in a mighty way. But having that little church in Vichacocha, that little body of believers, small, but man, they, they were hungry for the word. She asked me after the service, the, the lady that's the leader. Now, there's some uh, 
ecclesiology issues that we would have some problems with, but we'll deal with that later. But as, we, as I went down and greeted her after the, the service was over, she said, we need this. Will you come back again and teach us? And I said, I'm, leading, I'm leaving next week. Oh, I'm leaving tomorrow. But I said, in April, there'll be a team back. And I said, at this point, Todd, Brother Todd will be leading it, and he will come and teach you. And uh, Lord willing, I'll be back in June, and I will come and teach you. And so this, this may very well be a center that God can use uh, and that will give us a, an advance that we didn't think we had as we go down there. I've talked way too long. I'm sorry. Todd, your turn. I'll start with the whole issue of lying. Um, I'm not going to lie and say this will be short. Um, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to clear up, these guys are just spouting all kind of lies about the hotel. It's a five-star hotel. The food is incredible. The bathrooms are great. Y'all don't worry. Just go ahead. The roads aren't bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'm, I feel like we're, we're killing any hope of getting other people to go. <laughs> So I want to I want to begin by reading a psalm that we're going to close the night uh, in prayer with. It's Psalm 67, one that many of you are familiar with. God be gracious to us and bless us, and cause His face to shine upon us, that Your way may be known on the earth, Your salvation among all nations. Let the peoples praise You, O God. Let all the peoples praise You. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for You will judge the peoples with uprightness and guide the nations on the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its produce. God, our God, blesses us. God bless us that all the ends of the earth may fear him. Um, you know, mission trips are fun. They're exciting. You know, you learn stuff about people. I learned that Mary Parker is almost a necessity for any trip from here on out because you could ask her for anything, and she said, oh, I have that. And she brings the most random things. I'd attempted to, I was considered asking her for a chainsaw just to see if she squeezed that in or carry on. Um, I know what Vertrice Moulton does when he's scared now. He yells, hey! Like that. Um, <laughs> it was it was funny. Um, yeah, he liked riding with me. Um, I've seen Bill dancing and that's why Vertrice yelled, hey. Um, <laughs> I've seen Mary Lou's look when she realized that that was brain and maybe intestines in her soup. And um, I've actually seen myself have to clean J.W. Adams' plate. I thought that one day would never come, so I got to eat some of his trout. Uh, but, you know, they're fun. But, man, in, midst, in the midst of all the fun, God is phenomenal. I mean, he is an awesome God. And I just want to share with you a few things about that. The, the first thing, that the highlight of my trip was Thursday night. Now, we went down, we, had, we were supposed to have met uh, a lady in Catalina to do a Bible study with, and, and i come to find out, I think she was just drunk when she had asked us to do it uh, because she stood us up and wasn't there. And so we raced down to the hotel and um, got a few things to go back up to Vichacocha. I hadn't got to see Danilo yet, and I really wanted to see that and be there when Bill got to preach and stuff. And so we went down while everybody was using the restroom. Uh, Magna, uh, this like Magna, M-A-G-N-A, um, came out and she was sitting there actually she was sitting there when we came out uh, Carlos had been talking to her and she said hey uh, she's asked if you could later on when we get back just tell her more about God in the Bible and, and I said I would absolutely love to I, I said let's do it tonight after everybody's done eating and all that and she said it could be late said, no problem that's fine so Thursday night we um, we prayed uh, for that specifically in our prayer time and a little while later had the opportunity to sit down with her. We wound up talking for about two hours uh, just about the gospel, and she had all types of questions, and she was basing everything on works. Uh, she said, I'm a good person. I do this. I don't get mad at people. I forgive people. And all these things, good works to please God. And uh, we, we talked about that a lot and uh, started sharing the gospel. We went through the entire gospel and, and everything and kind of wrapped up. Finally, I said, man, you know, I was thinking, you know, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 is what she needs to hear, that you're saved by grace, not by works. And I said that, and it was like a train wreck in her mind. I mean, you could see her, she was going, no, that, that makes no sense. You, you have, and she just kept on. We talked about this for probably 20 minutes. And I said, well, let me read you Ephesians 2, 10. 
And God used 2.10 to open her eyes where it says that we were created to do good works that God prepared beforehand, not to earn salvation, but to show and to bring him glory. And she said, oh, claro, claro, I understand. She said, I understand that good works don't earn me salvation, but yet when I know Christ, I do good works to bring him glory. And uh, she came to Christ that night, and that was an amazing, amazing thing. And one of the most, this is what stands out in the midst of that. She looked at me, and she said, I, I feel different the last few weeks, and I don't know why. So I just asked God to send someone to tell me about him, and that's you guys. <laughs> And, you know, it just makes my hair stand up. And I went, wow. Praise God. That's the Holy Spirit working in your life. That shows you right now that God we're talking about is real and active. And will you follow him? You know, amazing thing. Um, we, we got to go to Banos. I, I do want to tell you a little bit about that strategically. Banos was the final town that we had not visited. And we were told that the road was too dangerous to go the last time. So the medical team didn't go as well. Um, we got there, we got mixed reviews from some people this time and enough, you know, it was like 50-50 that it was too dangerous or not too dangerous. So uh, we said, ah, let's go. And so um, we jumped in the, in the truck and took off over the mountain. And you go all the way over the mountains that you see and then back down the valley to get to Banos. Uh, it's about an hour and 10 minute drive from Santa Cruz. So it's a good ways from Colpa, uh, you guys that have been there. Uh, we got down there and went in. A lot of the people were out uh, farming. They don't they don't farm produce, they farm livestock. The produce can't grow there because of the temperatures. It's a higher elevation. Um, we got there and we drove up all the way to the back. They have hot springs there as well, and uh, thus the name, hot, hot baths. Uh, we got there and, and there was two men that just happened to be walking and we jumped out and, you know, well, oh, who are these strangers, whatever, and we started talking to them. We talked to them for about 45 minutes. And they gave me, I have three pages of notes in here from them on Banos, uh, more probably more notes on one per, one village than we ever got when Bill and I went on our vision trip. And they gave us so much information. And I was saying, man, if we could just find the president and get to the clinic, and we couldn't. The clinic was closed, the president was gone, and they said, oh, that's okay, because next year I'm the vice president starting January 1st, and his brother's the president. <laughs> and we went, okay, God, that takes care of our contact for next year, thanks. Um, so again, God's providence just blows you away. Uh, they said, we think that there's a believer here. There, there's one person, we asked them about the Catholic Church. They said, no, everyone's Catholica. And they said, except one lady. There's one lady, Maria. She's not a believer. I mean, she's not a Catholic. We think she's evangelical. So okay. So we're driving out of town, and this lady you know, waves us down, and we stop, and she says, uh, me amo Maria. <laughs> and I uh, said, cool. Thanks, God. That's good job again and so we talked to Maria for a few minutes and her daughter you saw her on there she's a believer and I said you you believe that Jesus is the only way yes he's the only he's your Lord and Savior and no other salvation no one him yes and I said wow I said we'll be back <laughs> so we're gonna do some Bible studies okay see see and uh, so neat to find her I want to tell you one thing to get to give you an idea of what they do there's a cross for I think virtually mentioned it's about you can't see it's a 15 foot cross but it looks about this big uh, from where you're standing in Banos. May the 2nd and 3rd, if anybody wants to go down for this, uh, every year they hike up to the cross. Um, and it's a rock ledge. I mean, it's literally, I don't know how they get up there from there. I'm sure there's a way. Uh, but they hike up anyone who has the faith to do it. And they pick up the cross and they carry it back down the hill for a celebration. And the reason they do that is because several years ago, I don't know how many years ago, they didn't tell us, but there was an earthquake and all these boulders came down and did not land in uh, Banos, they landed up the river, and so they go that go there every year to for protection. They believe that hiking up that hill and do, going through that process will protect their village every year, and so they do that ceremony as a, as a work, not knowing that the Savior that that cross symbolizes is all the protection they need. Uh, so something interesting there. You saw the bathrooms. Uh, those bathrooms. The reason that's a very disgusting picture. I understand that. The reason I put that on there is because that's at the upper end of the village that flows into the river that's their water supply. Um, so water filtration and water cleansing is something in the future that Banos needs very badly. Um, let's see, I'm just going through my list to see what people covered and what they did. Um, God's providence, they, they, you've seen that. Um, strategically this this trip blew us away because you need to realize here's what you need to realize in, in praying for our partnership in the valley uh, we know that Julian and Pacareos 
evidently from what he talking to Vertrice and Mary Lou is a believer. Uh, we have one believer in Pacareos. Um Magna uh, at Culpa, central location, is now a believer. And she will be there. People come from all the cities there to see her and to spend time with her and to eat with her. And she's, she's already says, man, I minister. I want to be different. And now how is God going to use that? Now, Danio and Miguel, if you didn't hear, became Christians sometime between the medical trip and our trip. When we got there, they said, hey, we're following Christ now. You know, that's the first thing Bill found out from that guys. That's huge. That's huge. We we have three believers since we've we've come that have become believers. That that is unbelievable. We just didn't expect that at all. Uh, Maria and Banos is a believer. Uh, Dilma at the church at Bichacocha evidently is a believer. So right there we have uh, six believers that we know of in the valley, and this is crazy. I mean, this is an, an awesome thing that God is doing. God is doing an awesome work there, and we need to realize that. Um, here's the impact of, of what we found out and where we are strategically. Um, you, need, you need to understand, guys, ladies that went on the medical trip, uh, we got to see the fruit of that. A lot of times we don't see that. We just know and, and do something in faith and leave knowing, you know, God, trusting God is using that and opening doors. We got to go back, and, and we would start conversations, and if people were kind of cold, we would say, hey, you remember the medical clinic? Did you get to see the doctors? They're our friends, and, and we're here. It's the same group. Uh, we just want to come check back in on you and see how you're doing, and instantly, boom. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they would talk, and they were open to share, and they wanted to know why we were here. They trusted us, and we're seeing that. So we see the fruit of these frequent trips that next year is just going to continue to build. As we go down there five times at least uh, next year, we're going to see that continue to grow. Um, God's Word is present in the valley now. God's Word is present. There, there is 300, well, probably not 300. We took some out. There's about 250 copies of God's Word in that valley right now. And God's Word is awesome and it's powerful. It's living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. So pray that way. Pray that God's Holy Spirit would use that to send forth His Word. Uh, you saw the construction possibilities. You guys that have any construction skill at all, be ready for next year. Uh, there are schools that need help. And we can go in there and get some things rolling. That auditorium just needs a lot of work done. And it's something that we can go and help out with and continue to build trust. Um, it means next year we'll lead into some discipleship and leadership training uh, because we know that we have a, a, evidently a small body of believers in Vicha Kocha that we didn't know about. Strategically, that's incredible because it's in the back of the valley and we can just work our way out of the valley uh, trying to plant churches. Um, so discipleship and leadership training is huge. Uh, discipleship with Magna and, and Maria and Denio and Miguel and Julie and all, the, all these believers will be able to start discipling. Um, we get to baptize. Denio and Miguel are waiting for us to come in April to baptize them. And I think Magna will too. Uh, so that'll be a neat time. And hopefully, you know, who knows, by then there may be more. <laughs> and there may be more that they multiply through God using them. Um, and then just the, the realization, understand that we're way ahead of schedule way ahead of schedule uh, from what the missionaries had told us to expect uh, from what Bill and I saw and learned in in August uh, God is doing a mighty work there the the people's openness it, it's amazing to see what God's doing the openness in the valley compared to Banos is extremely different uh, Banos there are people that wouldn't even look at us they are very cold uh, some people are very helpful the two men and then Maria obviously but otherwise there are people that are very cold uh, because we haven't been able to minister to them yet. And we're seeing the fruit of God using his people to minister and God opening eyes and hearts to his truth in the valley where we've been. So 2010 is going to be exciting. Uh, in January, we'll have a meeting. Anyone who's interested at all in, in this whole Peru deal, uh, we'll meet in here. And it doesn't have to be necessary to go, but if you're a sensory and knowing how can I pray and all that stuff, we'll have a meeting uh, to lay out real specifically what's going on on the trips because now that we have a better understanding and and God's kind of fast forward us in some things. Uh, we'll work out our our, um, our strategy a little more clearly and, and have you rolling on that so you can start signing up for trips and picking which one you're going to go on next year. I want us to close this time before we, we're having a congregational do afterwards. It'll be three hours or so, so no big deal. Um, I, I want to close directing us back to God's word, God's grace and his power and the vision that scripture gives us for his name to be praised in all the earth. 
And I want to do that by simply reading Psalm 67 to you as you bow your head and pray. And I want to encourage you to pray through this. I'll give you a moment just to pray uh, in regards to the scripture and read and prove. And I'll close this in prayer. God, be gracious to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. That your way may be known on the earth, that your salvation among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you will judge the peoples with uprightness and guide the nations on the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its produce. God, our God, blesses us. God blesses us that all the ends of the earth may fear him. Let's pray together.